Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am uh, doing well. Well, and uh, now I'm with Belle. Belle, I'm so glad that you were doing well. I'm doing well as well, because here we are right now. Yes, let's just move past it. Did I you say you're like doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very wells. Uh, yeah, man. No, I'm doing great because, of course, we are back live at FlashTVTalk.com, rather at Facebook.com slash FlashTVTalk, broadcasting live just in enough time to go on hiatus again. yet again for another month. Belle, what, what is up with these hiatuses, man? Well, you know, it, it's uh, would, would it be hiatuses or hiatai? Hiatai? I like that. <laughs> I, 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 I well, you know, that. they yeah, it's it's I I always forget that they do that. They do the mid-season for hiatus and then they do like a a spring hiatus, I guess to to finish the last, you know, batch of episodes for the season, but I don't recall it being a month. Mm, yeah, was it no, like two be- weeks last year or was it a month last year? As you recall, the hiatus is like really we we felt them more last year than I think we had in years previous, and I think this year year is following suit. And maybe the fact that we constantly have to battle hiatuses might be responsible for some of the things that are going on with the Flash right now. But we'll talk about that later in the show, uh, Bell. Before we actually jump into this particular episode, I want to let people know, of course, that we are uh, available for support. In fact, we need your support, especially in these uh, trying times for folks as they reset up their studio and don't know how the live feed works and just gets it fixed out you know 25 minutes after we say we're going to go live uh (laughs) help us become more professional by heading over to patreon.com slash tv talk also uh we want to make sure that you know that uh next week is of course there's no episode of the flash so there's no episode of flash tv talk but you might find some uh some archival panel to screen episodes coming your way uh so be sure to check that out all right bell are you ready for this um yes but Will there also might maybe be some Sea of Thieves in there? Mm. Maybe maybe we could do some pirating, some uh, UFO hoeing. So so the answer to that is absolutely. Are you down, man? Are you are you are you ready to sail? Uh, yeah, you know I, I I can't really play the game by myself. Uh, it's really it's impossible hard. to do. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I yeah the the internet's full of uh, scary people, so I just like to play with people that I know. dude dude yes yes absolutely okay okay this is this is happening right now live update as we are, are uh, broadcasting flash tv talk next week even though we will not have an episode of the flash we will have a live twitch.tv slash captain jorvik with the rogues brogues taken to the seas again uh in the midst of some really awesome stuff there's amazing things going on in the game sea of thieves i love to play it i finally convinced bell to play it and uh, we would love to play with you as well so if you want to join our crew uh, hit us up on the Twitters at the real Bo York is me at ring that bell is bell. We'll be live next week around this time and would love to uh, go sailing with you and uh, for you to tune in for that. So yeah. All right. Great stuff. We got some content to bridge you over. Thank you, bell. You're welcome. All right, man, let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. Episode 17 of season five time bomb directed by Rob Greenlee and story by Kristen Kim and Sterling Gates. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Team Flash finds out that a suburban mom named Vicky Bolin is in danger and they race to save her. Upon meeting her, they discover she's a metahuman who is hiding her abilities from her family. Barry encourages Vicky to share her secret with her family, which makes Nora realize she needs to come clean with her parents about Thawne. Dun, dun, dun. 
All right, man. So let's let's start off. You know, let's start off on a down note. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I hate to do that. I mean, like this is a great episode, of course. You know, another wonderful episode, and what has been a, a really excellent season. But I, I feel like we need to address the Cisco in the room, man. He has been a hardcore Sadsco for a couple of seasons now, and he has just gotten so jaded that it's hard to really get behind his character. He literally said Cisco in this episode. Literally said, "Time travel is the worst," and dude. That's not the Cisco that you and I know. No, this is, I, I don't know if this is Flashpoint or what, but like what happened to the Cisco that was like walking around in a, you know, a time machine and like freaking out and making references to all of these different, you know, Terminator and, and back to the future and everything else. Now he's like, man, he, he just needs to put on a shirt with big, bright, shining letters that say, I want out. And, and you know what? Maybe we just, maybe we should just let him out. What do you think is going on with Cisco, <laughs> man? This is making me sad. So are we, are we talking like like story wise and the show wise or like uh, uh, outside of the show wise? Because there's evidence like both both kind of you know work to to uh, the outside of the show works to manipulate the inside of the show in this case. I feel yeah, but uh, why do they have to write them off this way? You know, all right, let me put it this way to you, Bell. You watched Community, right? Uh, yes. Okay, not, fantastic. Not all, I haven't seen all of it. I've seen you know lots of episodes though okay well it's a fantastic show I, I highly encourage you to pick it up it's really good uh the the first two seasons are really really great around the third season there was issues behind the scenes like one of the main actors or one of the the um uh, uh yeah one of the main actors was uh, chevy chase and he was having issues with the with the showrunner and it was creating all this drama and so he you could kind of tell he really wanted out and it impacted the way in which his character was written so he ended up being this kind of villainous character and when he finally left the show, you were kind of like, what happened to this character? You know what I mean? Like the, the fact that there was drama behind the scene as a viewer, I don't really care. Like I, I don't care what's wrong with Chevy Chase. I care about what's wrong with the character. Like I want to know what that character's arc is. And so in the same kind of fashion here, you know, not to discount uh, Carlos, but I mean like whatever the drama is behind the scenes, which we don't know and we're not saying there is drama, you know, or, or whatever his desires or his contracts may be doesn't really matter to me the writer should be able to give cisco a nice solid story that gives him an honorable exit without him becoming kind of the the black hole so to speak just sucking up all the energy uh on the on the screen when he's around the energy thing is one thing yeah he's not his usual chip herself but i feel like it's it's uh it's kind of the weight of all the things that have happened to him over the course of the show and that he finally has realized that the novelty of being a superhero has worn off and he wants a normal life and he doesn't feel like he's living his best life as a member of Team Flash, you know? I feel like that's the way they're going with it and that's probably going to be the way how they get him off the show. The only other way I could think of to, to keep like Cisco the same, you know, earlier season Cisco, earlier seasons Cisco would be to kill him off, like like uh, as Happy Cisco, right? As opposed to to have him leave as Sadsco. It's it is kind of weird to see him change like that. It, it, it kind of it, you know it starts to make sense. His last relationship ended poorly because of his uh, you know powers and and she being a, a metahuman as well and stuff. And this is his first like normal relationship that wasn't with a hawk girl or a you know international <laughs> bounty hunter uh, that's, that's a good point <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's actually a really good point yeah he's gotten a taste of normalcy and i think he i think he likes that i think he wants a simpler life i think you know having his life threatened every tuesday is just not <laughs> what, what cisco <laughs> wants anywhere on him yeah. okay <laughs> all right fair fair points bell fair points um all right you know what i i see that i see the through line 
and you know him and uh camilla i mean like you know they make a cute couple they're they're obviously their their cute factors through the roof with the whole you know simultaneously changing their relationship status and everything else i mean yeah no, Facebook you know, it's fine, man. especially for her, right? Because she's like a, a social media influencer. So yeah. it's still hard for me to like her because it's clear that she's pulling him away. But maybe the whole point of this arc is to remind me that like it's time for him to be pulled away. I, I don't know, but it makes yeah. me sad. It, it, it makes it's, me sad, Bo. Sadsco makes me sad, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it is kind of interesting because that's the way it feels like they're moving with this. Is they're, is they're giving his character an exit that's not going to make the team you know, be like, Oh, why are you leaving, man? It's like, he's, he's, he's showing that he's upset. He's showing that he's not down with this. And it's, uh, and it doesn't feel like they're going to kill him. So, which, which I, which I think is good. I mean, would you rather, would you rather happy Cisco die or sad leave and not die? Ooh. I mean, like, does that have to be my only choices? Like Wally's not dead and he also didn't have to depower himself. You know what I mean? And I mean, you want, you know, that's, that's, that is a actor who wanted to do something different, right? Like he, same thing with Cisco or right, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So they, they, they kind of put that character off to the sides. I still think it's kind of a weak story about him being off and wherever he is like, but regardless, they at least put him off to the sides. They didn't have to depower him and like have him drive off into the sunset, nor did they have to have him, you know, die. He could still be doing his thing somewhere else. I think the I, I, for me, man, if I ruled the world, I would have Vibe try to establish himself as his own hero as opposed to being an ancillary member of Team Flash. Like Vibe in the comics is his own hero. He doesn't have to be like he's not a sidekick. And so from that standpoint, I feel like that's the arc that his character could take off the show. And then you still bring him in from time to time, these major crossover events or whatever it may be, if he wants to come back. And if he doesn't, that's fine too. He'd just be off heroing elsewhere. And we would know that that character, you know, was, was happy, you know, doing his hero thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be, that would be kind of neat to have. See, they didn't set it up that way. I think they could have set Kid Flash up that way, but they didn't. Like they they had they had a much easier they, or they had a much cleaner avenue to to set Kid Flash up that way. Like I'm tired of being in the, in the Flash's shadow. I want to be my own hero. And he kind of did that for a little bit when he was at Coast City and he saved the place or whatever. But now he's just you know into bat chilling. But the, it doesn't seem like that. You know, Cisco's never had this like crisis crisis of uh of confidence where he's like I I'm just a I'm just a sidekick. I'll never be my own hero kind of thing. It's always kind of been that like he, mm. he the hero role was kind of thrust on him, right? I mean, yeah. he, he seemed like, oh, it's cool. I got these powers, but it, but it, it you know, he had the crisis. Uh, what was it last season where when, uh, uh, you know, they had to remind him it was, was it last season or was it earlier this season? All these hiatuses screw me. Um, mm. But it's, it's where, you know, he's like, well, what am I without my powers? It's like, you're still Cisco. You're still a super smart dude. You, you know, you didn't have powers for the first yeah, couple was, seasons. Exactly. He was on Team Flash before he was even powered. Right, right. And so like, you know, that that's the thing. So I, I think I think the depowering makes a whole lot more sense in that context when, you know, Cisco to depower himself will be to return to the Cisco that we had season 1 who's still the tech guy who still does all the cool stuff. And uh in 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 this case it would be he depowers himself, he's still smart so he can go do stuff and he can lead a normal life uh away from Team Flash and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that's the, that's the route that they're going to take is just a, they're going to depower him and have him go be, uh, 
go be a normal person, go live a normal life. And, and mm. th- I feel like that's what he wants uh, as, as, a, as Cisco, the character. And uh, clearly it's, it, it kind of feels like that's what uh, Carlos wants as an actor is to go and, and find something else. It certainly uh, feels that way. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this, man, when it comes down to it, you know, you're probably right. I blame Barry when it all comes down to it. He changed the timeline. That's, that's the point in which I noticed the change. Yep. And uh, so I'll just, I'll just hashtag blame Barry. And beyond that, man, you know, while I'm blaming Barry, uh, Cisco is going to be blaming Ralph because, of course, Baby Giraffe is on the scene this episode, not really doing anybody any favors. Uh, of <laughs> Does he ever do anyone favors? No, even when he suited up this episode, he pops on like to like comment about the fight, but he never actually joins in the fight. No superpowers. Didn't even throw a punch. Might as well be Superman Returns. Remember, this is after King Shark versus Gorilla Grodd. That CG budget is is <laughs> is just you know pennies at this point. That's a solid trade-off, actually. If it's, <laughs> if, I, I would have King Shark versus Gorilla Garad every episode, says me last year. But this year, Ralph is great. I mean, he does have a good relationship with Cisco and and provides some good counsel to him and also kind of gives us a window into what's going on. I mean, as you mentioned, Cisco wants out. He sees this kind of normal life that's happening with uh, Camilla, and he wants to, to see that through. Um, you know, baby giraffe, uh, he wants what's best for Cisco as well. And so, you know, it's a fine B plot, but let's move on. Shall we? Uh, Caitlin also in this episode, then (laughs) for for, for three and a half seconds, (laughs) Yep, three and a half seconds. She says some science stuff and, uh, that's about it. I mean, useful science stuff. At least her commentary was a little bit more, you know, useful to the main episode than, uh, (laughs) than baby giraffes. But yes, well, let me, let me just, let me just say this though, right quick with Caitlin being there and with, uh, 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 Ralph being there, the entirety of team flash was in a scene together for like the first time in, I can't tell you how long. Yeah, that was actually like it was a crowded <laughs> it was a crowded moment, right? Cuz like every single character was there. I'm I'm kind of surprised they didn't milk it a little bit. Yeah, I know. I it felt like one of those things where like okay, all of Team Flash is here for uh for Nora's like like past and present Team Flash. Everybody's here for Nora's reveal that she's been working with Eobard. And like the emotional impact of that should have been huge, but I it doesn't feel like they they it just buried just zoomed her out and it was done. Yeah. We had we had a yeah, couple we'll reaction shots that. here and there. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, ben, the West Allen family, you know, they do have some drama that they're dealing with this episode. Uh, but of course, we do see them dealing with another family. As you mentioned at the top of the show, we've got kind of this situation where uh, they are sent to protect the metahuman that was responsible for killing uh, Kid Kata's parents. And, um, you know, it, it was actually really good to see Joe back in the action. You know, you... you um, you almost miss that rapport, right? Like he, he, he says, all right, go ahead, son. And talking to Barry and, and, you know, I don't know. It reminded me kind of of season one a little bit as they were working together on a crime scene. Yeah, it was, it was good to see him back. Uh, and I, I, I thought there was going to be more Joe and Cecile kind of stuff going on. And, and she was you know, there. Here's the thing with that though. Like they established the whole Joe and Cecile dynamic, which also kind of established to us as an audience, how Cecile is going to actively use her powers so that there was almost a shorthand between the two. I mean, for one thing, we had that sound effect. Which the sound had, effect, you know, yeah. <laughs> but even just like the the knowing look between them, it's, you know, there is kind of this dynamic, um, you know, the, we see a lot of these relationship dynamics that are kind of cascaded on the screen, right? So we see with Cecile and Joe, this mar- you know marriage dynamic where they almost have this shorthand in a very brief amount of time to be able to communicate. And so we saw that last episode and we kind of saw that explored so that this episode, we don't have to like reopen or re-explain anything. 
we can kind of dive right in. And so we get those kind of quick action shots of, of Cecile kind of addressing what's going on. Joe having this knowing look, Joe also taking command of a situation, right? Like when they're at the bowling alley and at the park and the mom there says, you know, you know, y'all need to leave. He's like, she's in danger. We ain't going anywhere. Like he just immediately was like, you know, in charge of, of the scene, despite the fact that he's surrounded by all of his superpowered family. <laughs> yeah, Joe's, yeah. <laughs> Joe is the only member of his family, by the way, <laughs> that has no superpowers. Well, it, it's weird to me, too, that Cecile's mind control powers have lasted this long. You know, I have a feeling that the kind of explanation for what exactly is going on with Cecile is in a box somewhere next to uh, Gideon from the last couple of seasons up until this season, as well as the turtle. You know, I guess I guess you could say Gideon is now out of that box. So, so that explanation is in the tur- in the turtle box. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the gestational powers is in the box with McSnurdle, the turtle. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. There's time time travel, man. It, it changes. And where everything. is this child, by the way? Yeah. We, we heard <laughs> that, that child is also the child is in the box as well. Let's be honest. It's the child the turtle and the explanation for her powers. <laughs> What was that cousin from uh from the the not the Adams family the um oh shoot the Brady cousin, bunch cousin it no 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 there was like a cousin from the Brady bunch that like everybody hated and then that cousin went upstairs one episode and then nobody ever saw him again <laughs> really yeah I think I think that's gonna be the situation with this or, or better yet oh uh, what was it Family Matters right didn't on Family Matters there was like two other siblings or maybe it was just one other sibling that, that you never saw of or was mentioned ever again after like the third or fourth season. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. So it, yeah, there's a precedent for babies and children just kind of disappearing on us. Uh, there's going to be a timeline knows. change and they're going to be like, Oh yeah, no, no, you never had a kid. That is actually a really good point here on the flash. They actually have a very easy fix for that. Yeah. They can pretty much retcon anything they want just by timeline changes. That's right. Eobard can, um, and maybe he is, maybe he is, but anyway, so yeah, so we do see that, that, uh, wonderful family dynamic between all of them. Um, you know, y- you talk about to, you know, the, the, the cascade of emotions that we see on the screen. Of course, in this episode, we do get a chance to see cicadas, chickens coming home to roost in a very real fashion. Kid Kata is very much the extension, like the him to his fullest, um, she is the result of everything that he has done and she just shows up a little too late. You almost get the sense that if kid Kata had showed up even three episodes back, Cicada might've actually redeemed himself or not even, I mean, you know, he's a serial killer. He's killed a lot of ton- tons of people. I'm not saying fully redeem himself, but he may have actually stopped his path, right? Like if he had seen that this is what he is actively doing to his niece by living this life, by being this representative to her and, uh, and, you know, potentially gotten the opportunity to raise her correctly as opposed to being this monster of a figure t- for her to look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. Yeah. Kid Kata seemed pretty set in her ways. I don't know if uh, maybe him well, powered up Kid is. Well, yeah, but I mean like if, if Kid Kata, you're saying if Kid Kata came earlier, that would redeem him. Well, so let me, let me paint this picture for you. If Kid Kata, I mean, I think this would never have happened because I think she's very much a pawn in a larger game that Eobard is playing. But like if she had showed up, say three or four episodes ago and Cicada had seen Grace, you know, an older Grace in this fashion with this mindset, um, you know, willing to kill literally anybody, including the doctor that was trying to save her life. I think he, it would be this wake up call to him 
he would start raising Grace right and and start kind of, you know, trying to put her on a better path, which means that Kid Kata would have never existed. Yeah, but that's like a race would be then on a redemption path, which, by the way, is where I see the fallout of the season going team. I mean, his dying wish to bury about, you know, save my grace is it's it's a it's a request, right? It, it's a hope that not they can't save this woman, but they can save the child that she was. If they can redeem, if they can kind of correct course with this child in in um, in, in the hospital, then they can potentially stop her from ever becoming Kid Kata, which means that we never get a chance to see her in that fashion. Or at least, you know, we, she, she her future is secure. But it plays directly, man, into what's going on with Nora, right? Because you now have two children of the future act, actually, you know, actively changing the present. Yeah. And uh, it's... It's interesting, right? Because, you know, Barry has always been like, we got to make sure uh, he's ruined time enough times to know that you got to be careful when you time travel. And then you have this chick going back in time and just not Nora, uh, Kid Kata uh, going back in time and just trying to kill people, trying to kill the people that killed her parents, like all this stuff. And who knows what's going to happen? Like it's, 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 it's a madhouse. Oh, oh, I think, I think we all know who's going to happen. Despite the fact that Eobard started off this episode acting like he did not know what was going on. I think we all know that Eobard knows what's going on. And on top of that, man, he tells Nora specifically to just go ahead and confess, tell Barry everything, which is such a wild move. Like, I, I don't know what his game is. I know he has a game, I know he's playing his game. I don't know what the game is. And yet I still know that he's winning because that's the Abarth thought. Now, when, you know, I really kind of wish that Nora had just confessed to the team because I really want, you know, next episode as opposed to, you know, right now where we're kind of left wondering what's what's going on. As you mentioned at the top of the show, Bell, it looks like Barry just immediately, as soon as he hears Eobard Thawne, he recognizes the fact that he's being played correctly by the way he recognizes the fact that he's being played he grabs nora and he goes full on white violin on her which if anybody saw the end of umbrella academy you should know you never go full white violin (laughs) you never saw it bell don't you laugh at that joke you have not seen me me and chrissy just finished it uh oh did you really uh, okay okay. yeah no it's really good and you know i know what you're talking about um, well, I'm, I'm trying, th- there are multiple angles about the white violin. So I'm trying to figure out which, you know, cause there, there are a lot of ways at which they, <laughs> I mean, like that's straight up what, I mean, I don't want to, I, I I'm using her comic book name, which they never call her. Cause I don't want to spoil that series for anybody. Cause like straight, like, look, if y'all have not watched umbrella Academy, that, that it's needs good. To happen. It's really it's good. It's so good. Yeah. But suffice to say, there is a character that when people feel like they have been betrayed by this character, they put, I guess I've already I've already said she's a her. They put her in a box in a room underneath the house. And so it's just immediately like, Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I see what it, you're it, Like yeah. it's screen. That's that scene. Now, granted, obviously this was, you know, shot before that series came out, but still. Yeah, that was, yeah. Then that was, that was, yeah, very bad idea. But you know, then again, like the minute that I saw Barry throw her into the pipeline, uh, I'm sitting there thinking, well, yeah. Eobard said to tell Barry so that Barry would put her in the pipeline. Because I feel like Ebard's still playing him, like because he knew exactly well, that that's what that's he would the do. Thing. Like it's 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 interesting, right? Like on the one hand, I do like I feel for Nora. That's that's a that's a horrific experience for her. She was trying to do the right thing, and and the moment got stolen from her. And so because she wasn't able to do the right thing the right way, um, she immediately gets grabbed by her father and locked in a prison and he walks away without even trying to listen to her. 
Yeah. And that's, that's awful. That's, that's extremely traumatizing, you know, for all the issues that she had with her mom. Uh, this is, this has got to like reopen some stuff and, and affect her in a different way because it's her dad. It's her hero. It's the man that she never knew growing up that she ran back in time just so she could have a relationship with. Yeah. So, I mean, like from her perspective, this is, this is a traumatic and terrible experience, but from Barry's perspective, he just found out that this, this woman who is in fact his child has been, uh, that Eobard has been playing not just him, but her. And so she is a danger to himself and everybody else around her. And in fact, he doesn't even know if he can trust the words coming out of her mouth, not because he, now he can't necessarily trust her, although that's definitely part of it because she wasn't honest about this up front, but because he can't trust what is her words versus what is Eobard's words. Yeah. He is now playing chess with a villain like years in the future, like what, 24 years in the future? Um, about 24, 25 years in the future. Yes. And so like he's, he's now having to deal with his nemesis with this wall of time in front of him and his daughter at the heart of it. And so the best thing to do to protect his daughter and protect his family and protect everyone is to actually separate the two so that they can come up with a plan. So it's one of these deals where it's easy to look at either one of these characters in the moment as the villain because they both did something terribly, terribly wrong. And they handled it in a way that could be perceived as terribly wrong. But also, on the flip, it could be perceived as exactly the right thing to do. And that, Bell, is why this season and this care, especially Nora in particular, I mean, it is my favorite. This is really quality writing right here. This is ex- excellent character development. Because both are justified, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And both are wrong. And both are wrong. And... <laughs> And like, it sucks that this that the that the uh, uh, cicada side plot has just been kind of meh. Because honestly, you know cicada- I don't even care about that. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I I don't think that it's been it's been fine. You know what I mean? Like, it has been a good through line that has taken us, you know, from point A to point B without it being all about the cicada plot line. Like to me, this season has been all about the characters. And that, like, I live for that, man. Like, when it comes to, like, like television and movies and books and, like, any kind of fictional storytelling, like, if the characters aren't driving the story, then I don't even care. I want a story that is driven by characters, not characters that are driven by a story. And this season has been one of the best thus far because that is exactly what we've seen played out from episode to episode. And so, yeah, you're right. Cicada hasn't been this world-ending villain with all of these, like, blah, 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 whatever. But he doesn't have to be. Well, that's not what like, I'm talking he's just about. Been, he's been like a force of nature. Yeah, I, I'm not. It's just my, my frustration has been with the – uh, way that like you know uh, we corner Cicada, Cicada gets away again. It's just it's just it's a really boring cat and mouse game to me. Um, but yeah, but I mean again, the, the who cares? E- well, yeah, but it's the, not it's not the main thing. I know, it's like the, a, it's it's sad scope. <laughs> the the, the Eobard stuff is like is like really interesting to me, and it's just yeah. that they they have you know it, it's like it's like you have um uh a really delicious piece of candy that's surrounded by mud. And like you know, I don't see that at all. Like that is not how I feel about it. Well, it's well, maybe not mud, but it's 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 like you know, it's you don't really like this type, like, like a Tootsie Roll pop that's in reverse. Like the the, the Tootsie Roll pop, the, the, the nobody likes the Tootsie Roll part. I mean, come on. And and but it, it's still candy. It's okay, you eat it, and then you get to that sweet, delicious candy center. And yeah, okay. So I, if you're looking at a strictly plot standpoint, then yes, I I don't I, I see what you're saying, and I think a Tootsie Roll pop is better than mud. 
Um, but I, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think I think you're right. I mean, the the thing that we live for, the thing that we're we're really is really driving us as fans, and a plot standpoint, from a plot standpoint, is the Eobard stuff. And of course, we got a taste of that this episode. I think we all kind of left uh, pretty hungry, though. We all wanted more, right? Right, right. <laughs> and and like, uh, you know, somebody else, by the way, Bell, who's very obsessed with Eobard. Aside from Sherlock you. Wills. Oh, well, yeah. Sherlock, Sherlock Wells. He's he's probably more obsessed with Eobard right now than I am. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty true. He finally goes through and um, you know sees that uh, what what's really going on. It's been exposed to him, and I got to tell you, man, Sherlock actually it, it made me realize something that I don't think I've fully understood up until now, and that is the the DNA recombinator or whatever it's called that that Eobard used on the original Wells back in season one, like. That doesn't just change the face; it does actually impart some of that DNA. So there, there is a, there is a bit of Wells, so to speak. There is a bit of of who Harrison Wells was in Eobard Thawne. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not like the same with you know that it was with say you know the Thinker, where there's all these personalities inside him or something of that nature. It's just like character traits. So I can see in a new light why people constantly kind of you know connect. Eobard with with Wells. I mean, he, he didn't just change his face; he, he took his DNA. Yeah, uh, I was kind of thought that as, as sort of a this is how thorough Eobard is is that he you know it, it will emulate perfectly Wells. That's actually, I mean, like you know, that's that's a good reading of it as well. It may be somewhere in between. Uh, that's always the way I've taken things, but. You know, I don't know. I'm starting to see maybe there is actually more of a connection with this Eobard and Harrison Wells, and and well, the hell, the Harrison Wells doppelgangers of the multiverse, because he does share on a genetic level something connected to them. Yeah. He stole that on a genetic level. It's not, you know, he didn't. He was not originally Wells, but you know, there is something there that's connecting the two, which is why we can have kind of clever girl in these moments where you know we see these parallel between Sherlock, who's a Wells of another Earth. And Eobard, who isn't the wells of this earth, but took the wells of this earth's DNA and therefore has some of those traits. Almost like, uh, and maybe this is a bad comparison, but almost like Ultron, you know, spouting um, lines that uh, Tony Stark would say. Like peace in time, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, so I, I can kind of see that there. What did you think about uh, Wells' discovery and, and his journey this episode? I, I really like that. I, I liked how they did that. I've, I've, I've enjoyed seeing Wells kind of like be on the track and then get distracted and then get back on it. And like when he actually applies his mind to it, like that's been really fun. It's been it's been fun to watch him sort of uh, uh, be a bloodhound, so to speak, to find the truth of this uh, of, of Norris journal. And so, yeah, it, it was really cool to see him do that. And it was really cool to kind of like, you know, to see him put the glasses on. Uh, or he almost mm. put the glasses. Did he put them on or did he almost put them on? He did. Yeah. yeah he I mean, like he, he literally got into, you know, it's that detective thing, right? He's putting himself into the the place of his, his killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really neat. And him kind of like, you know, that, that little, uh, uh, thing where he's talking about Wells and Eobard and, and then finding the button. And yeah, I, all of that was great. I really, really like that. And I, you know, I like all the stuff, you know, the, the surrounding Eobard this season, I've had really no complaints with it. Um, so so yeah, that was that was cool to see, and it was cool to see the little you know, uh, video diary of Eobard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Um, it's like Eobard was about to explain the universe to us, and then. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! So you watched it on the CW app too? 
Yes. Okay. So th- this happened to you as well. Yeah. They. They. Oh my god. And. and Oh, I was so irritated. He's sitting there explaining this whole thing. And then it's like a Liberty Mutual Match.com is here to help you connect with who you want to meet online. Singles like me. I'm so wonderful. Come and find me. Like, shut up. Get out of the way. Yeah. Ian Ward was just explaining time travel. Like <laughs> there was there was an appropriate, there's a commercial cut. I know. Designed for that two minutes <laughs> after it. And they decided to just throw it in right there. CW, this is your app for your show and you put commercial breaks in it already because it's designed for TV. Just line up your commercial breaks with your online commercials. That's all I The rest of them did, right? Like that that was a weird one. That was a weird one. And it was during the most, you know, the best part of the episode. Yeah. And and to those that that watched it live and don't know what we're talking about, you've probably already picked it, picked this up from context, but the, the commercial broke weird. So like Eobard was just like, you you just got to the, the DV, uh, the DVR of HG Eobard, as Sherlock is watching Eobard Thawne explain about the timeline, he's starting to draw in and he's like, I just came to some realization and then immediately match.com's commercial starts playing. I mean, it's so jarring. And it, yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it killed me because it broke my concentration. So I was trying to hear what he was saying and understand what he was saying. Cause he was talking about, uh, you know, the, 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 the timeline is, is, uh, is malleable, but certain things you can do to yourself and then match.com. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on, hold on. <laughs> And like, I was like, what, wait, hold on. I didn't, I didn't grasp everything he was saying there. Uh, I, I wasn't quite sure. It, it sounded like he did something to himself to make it so that he would not be. Well, the, like the he, timeline's malleable, but he is not because of something. And then match.com. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, oh, exactly. I was, I was so mad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gets into my, my, my thought process from last episode where I was trying to figure out why would the timeline change, but Eobard be secure. And I think, you know, he, he mentions kind of looking into the source code, you know, he makes the comparison of the timeline to a living organism, which, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's a thought and a theory that I have going back way back to, I think earth, I mean, earth one into <laughs> season one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it, it's it's great to actually kind of see this starting to come together. But from the sounds of things, because he's identified the source code, because he's looking at the timeline in like the, in like a matrix type capacity, right, where you can just kind of look at the code and, and see things, he's figured out a way to interpret it so that his mind, I think, exists beyond the timeline. So even if the timeline in, it changes, he's able to see the timeline changing. And retain the information from the previous timelines, and which you know will likely play specifically into his ability to survive what happens at the end of season one. Um, I wish that Sherlock had had stayed a little bit longer, but his his interest is not necessarily what uh, Eobard is getting at here, right? Like Sherlock doesn't necessarily care about the timeline. He's been trying to figure out what's up with Nora, yeah, who she's working with. Yeah. And his theory was cons- confirmed, confirmed this episode, but there's still a question that he does not know the answer to. And that is going to bring us to this week's Speedster speculation. Why Cicada? Now, Bell, you have already expressed a disinterest in this storyline. And in fact, as the live chat is showing, uh, you are not alone in that thought, but here's the thing. Sherlock is noting as he goes back and shows us flashbacks that Nora has been so careful at various points throughout the timeline yet until she gets to the end of last season where she intervenes in a major way, a very major way. 
And because doing this is so different from what comes before, he realizes that this is something different. This is not the same. And so she has been sent for a specific purpose. And now he knows that he is, she has been sent by Eobard uh, Thawne. So, Bell, my question to you is, after this episode, after seeing the time sphere in use by, by Kid Kata and everything else, why Cicada? What is it that, that Eobard wants with Cicada? That's the thing is I have no idea. Like, there, what a lot of like previously we've had like you know i'm the future flash right with savitar there's there's hints there's stuff here there's like red herrings there's been nothing with that with cicada has there i haven't really picked up on anything it just it just seems to me that like the eobard's just worried about the dagger removing his powers i mean that that's that's like i, I mean that's the only thing I can it's kind gotta of, be more though i know it's it, gotta it, be more. it has to be but what else have they given us like that's that's one reason why i've been kind of frustrated with this because i was hoping there'd be like an underline like a, or, or an underlying sort of thread that ties all this stuff together that we can kind of pick up if you you know if you if you if you if you, if you look at it or they drop hints and stuff here about why eobar might want this about why these changes are doing stuff and and i just i haven't really picked up on anything maybe i'm not paying as good attention uh, this season uh, because of the the cicada mm-hmm. stuff i don't know but like i really haven't picked up on anything out of the ordinary that would make me say oh yeah that's what eobard's gonna do or or even theorize right like normally i can come up with theories about stuff g- given the information but I, I just the only thing i can think of right now is that eobard's scared of the dagger and that's just uh, really lame i i i think yeah I, I doubt that's it i doubt that i highly doubt that's it let's go back let's think about this um it is possible that so so in in this universe in in Earth One, there has now been at the at minimum three cicadas, right? You had the original timeline cicada, you had new cicada, which is the season season five cicada, and then you have uh, kid cicada. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So before Nora's intervention, you had the original timeline cicada who we as an audience never got a chance to see as cicada, but theoretically Eobard was aware was cicada in his timeline. So for whatever reason, he needed to create a new cicada. Uh, for, and we don't, we don't necessarily know the reason yet, except for the fact that he did know, all right, hang on. I'm, I'm working this out backwards. He did know that Barry and Nora came back in time because they were trying to stop Cicada, right? So he knows that Cicada is a point in time in which Nora is going to be involved. Yeah. Okay, so that's when he's like, okay, this is my opportunity to get her involved. That's when he's like, oh, you got to go back here and you got to do this. And so in doing so, it ends up creating a new Cicada. And so now everything's going appropriately. So the question, I guess maybe this is the question, because Clearly, Eobard wanted a new cicada. He didn't want the original cicada. Or maybe hmm, maybe he was just using... Maybe cicada doesn't matter. Maybe he only wanted cicada because he that was the connection point when he saw Nora in the past. And so he knew at some point he would have the opportunity to... Uh, that, that Nora of the future, one of Barry's children, was going to need to come back in time. And this was a, an angle that he could work. Yeah, See, that's that's kind of what I feel like is that Cicada is inqu- inconsequential. It's just that when they went back in time, talking about the Cicada dude, he was like, okay, file this away for later. And then Interesting. Okay, so if that's the case, ooh, if that's the case, I don't, um, 
then that that would open the door for Kid Kata being a variable that Eobard didn't plan for. And so that when he told Nora to go tell Barry everything, he's really like, ah, I screwed up. Go get go get the flash to clean this up. See, that's that's that was that was my initial initial response. It's like when you said this is a new this is a new timeline popping up. I was like, uh oh, Eobard didn't plan for some variables. Uh, and so go tell Barry and go, you know, get him to fix it. But on the same point, I'm like, no, I, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe there's some variables going along and maybe he, he knew that Barry would throw excess in the, uh, in the, in the pipeline to prevent her from messing anything up further. So putting her, like, so did kid Kata, why would kid Kata go back and use the sphere? Cause it's Eobard's time sphere. Yeah, but it was in a. She probably found it. Or, uh, yeah, but why would she even go back then? Like, how would she even have enough knowledge of the timeline to know that her existence is in jeopardy? Does she know her existence is in jeopardy? Why else would she come back in time? You see what I'm saying? Like, she is clearly being directed by somebody with a vast knowledge of time travel. She said she was going to come back. She told Dwyer that she was going to come back to, to finish what they had started. Yeah, sure. That's what she told him. But why would she even do that? I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like cicadas powers have nothing to do with time travel. She has no concept of that. It doesn't have access to that. Like, what would inspire her out of nowhere to go to the sphere no, like no, one that's, day? That's what she said. She said, like, uh, in my timeline, the metahumans have gone rampant and and blah, 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 blah. But if I came back now, we could end them, me and you together, and end the, uh, the, the, the metahuman menace before it gets as bad as it is in the future. That, that's that's what she said her reason for coming back was, was to stop. I just think it's too consequential. I mean, like, why? I think I think that Eobard sent her back. I think that I think that Eobard is is using her in the same way. I think he's using the child, the child of the villain, and the child of the hero, and he is playing some sort of game that we don't understand. Remember, he shouts out in the, the cell, "I'm the only speedster that knows what's going on here." I think that that's foreshadowing. I think that he is actually in charge, like in control of everything, and I think that his ploy with telling Nora to tell Barry everything was to move her from the board. I think that he used Nora Nora to create Kid Kata. And now he needs Nora sidelined. He knew that her confessing to Barry would mean that, you know, he would lock her up because he knew that Barry wouldn't trust her now that he, she, she know now that he knows that Eobard's been talking through her and acting through her. Yeah. And so he's going to lock her up. He doesn't need Nora anymore. Nora did what she needed to do. She created an agent uh, in a, in a new time. She created a new timeline, which also yielded an, a new agent for Eobard to have full control over. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, there was a kid Kata in Nora's future. There was another, there was a kid Kata. If there was grace that was in grace's mind. No, 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 no. What, what I'm saying is, is that, uh, so the flash never catches cicada cicada disappears. And then cicada comes back in Nora's timeline and kills people. Can we assume that that was a kid Kata? Well, that's because the timeline was actively ch- changing, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought, Kid Kata didn't exist until the actions of this season. Like in Nora's original timeline, Cicada was the original Cicada. It wasn't the Cicada that she created. Right, right, right. But uh, so in the new time, in the new timeline, now there's both a Cicada and a Kid Kata, which when she saw that, she was like, oh, this is, this is 
different. This wasn't supposed to be the case. He's still killing. Oh, that's that's right. Because when she goes to the Flash Museum, she sees uh, she sees uh, uh, Detective Singh talking about how Cicada came back. She's like, that never happened or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So so here's the thing. I mean, when it all comes back, when it all comes down to it, you're you're saying that Cicada is inconsequential. That Eobar, like he just was an excuse to get get Nora here. I still think that that's part of it, but I think that he is intentionally moving Nora off of the board because now he's got a new pawn who's willing to do anything uh, and do some terrible stuff. Now, granted, if she hates all metahumans, why would she work with Eobard? Um, good question. Send, you know, feel free to send in your emails and at me on that one. So I, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I, I agree, though. I, th- I think he's taking Nora off the board because he knew that her telling Barry would make Barry put her in the pipeline. Like, I, I totally feel like that's what he's doing. Yeah, I, I still I have no idea what Eobard's plan with with Cicada, Kid Kata is at all. Well, let us know your thoughts. We've got some time to discuss. So, uh, yeah, flash at potisteria.com. You can find all our contact information at the end of the show as well. But yeah, we want to hear your theories. What is your speedster speculation for what's really going on? Hi, this is John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, man, listener feedback this week. We got, uh, an e- or I guess this was a Facebook message from uh, Brett Richard. He says, not great news. Uh, well, maybe we get a turtle episode one telling us why the, the roof can't be fixed at Star Labs. Oh, yeah, we need to put the uh, the roofers at Star Labs in that <laughs> box as well. That's, yeah. that's good. Uh, but he sends in a link specifically from Screen Rants, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, man. I, I posted this out. Okay, so we, we should address this. Screen Rant did this uh, article about uh, kind of a where are they now for the cast of a show that I loved called Black Sails which was a, it was a pirate drama. And if you couldn't tell from my gushing over Sea of Thieves, I'm a big fan of pirates. I'm, I'm, I like uh, pirate lore, pirate history, all that kind of good stuff. But anyway, I loved that show. And one of, uh, one of the, the actors from that show, consequent, uh, incidentally, was actually on the Umbrella Academy, which I just recently watched. So I was kind of interested in, in seeing that, uh, that, that whole deal. And then, of course, our very own Nora Allen uh, was originally a, a character on that show as well. So I was very interested to see, you know, kind of scroll through. Well, as I'm scrolling through and seeing pictures of all of the different actors and actresses from that series and their new roles, I come down to Jessica Parker Kennedy, who of course plays uh, a Nora Allen on the show, but it ain't a picture of Jessica Parker Kennedy. They put a, a picture of Candace Patton there. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I know that there's a little bit of resemblance uh, because obviously she's paying, playing the daughter here, but um, yeah, no, that, that, that really was like, Oh, this is bad. This is really, really bad. Yeah. So like, we posted it to Twitter, and uh, folks got on on the Twitter on it, and uh, Screen Rant quick, quick, relatively quickly fixed it within a few hours. But um, yeah, that was uh, that that was not good. Yeah, that was yeah. Not good. I I mean, what did they have somebody who's never watched The Flash before? Uh, I know it's article? like this is your job, right? Like you you do know that Jessica Parker Kennedy is not Candace Patton. And you can Google that. I mean, like, huh, let me find a picture of Jessica Parker Kennedy from The Flash to put on this article about Jessica Parker Kennedy in The Flash. And so you just Google Jessica Parker Kennedy and then the word Flash, and then you'll get a picture of XS. You'll get a picture of her and her, like, you know, Eobard sweater, you know, whatever you want to find. You'll you'll find it there. But it's really hard (laughs) to get a picture of Candace Patton when you make that Google search. I'm just saying. 
Yeah. Listen, not all West Allens look alike. Screen Rant. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, but Screen Rant did report that this last past week, not this episode that we're discussing now, but the one prior was actually the lowest rated show or lowest rated episode they've ever had in the series. So uh, not great news, but at the same time, it does seem like everything is comfortable. I mean, they are on track to be renewed. I don't think that that's in jeopardy. But no, they, they, yeah, they have been renewed. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, with, with everything that's going on with Oliver Queen or rather with Arrow and getting renewed for only a half season, I still think that there's a lot of, you know, uh, people thinking the roof is on fire when, when you know, let, let's just play it out. You know, the flash is strong. I would even look at the ratings from this season and show them as fairly consistent. Yes, that was a down episode, but overall this episode is or this season has remained consistent as opposed to previous seasons where each episode has gone down in the ratings. So I think we're okay. Yeah, and you also have to keep in mind, and the article mentions this, that the CW uh, also, uh, they don't just go by TV ratings. They also go by digital views. They go by uh, fan engagement as well uh, to to tell them how good series are going. And and, and so like that's, yeah, that's the thing there is like, you know, because I I watch it uh, every Wednesday. Uh, because usually I, I'm I'm busy uh, Tuesday night, so I can't really uh, get a chance to watch it live. So I watch it on the CW app every Wednesday, and uh, and yeah, you know I tweet about it and stuff like that. So th- they also use those metrics to kind of you know judge the health of these shows. And Bo, like you said, with with Oliver going out, the, the burden kind of has of the Arrowverse kind of has been on the Flash for a while, um, but even more so now. And so it's not like they're going to just. You know, oh, well, we had one bad rating episode, so we're going to cancel the show. It's, it's just not going to happen. No, no, I, th- I think I think we're uh, we're very much secure. And, um, you know, that's that's a good remember reminder as well, Bell, because, you know, the, the fan, uh, the fan following of the Flash is strong and it's not just based off of one relationship. It's based off of tons of relationships. Yeah. Um, yes, that was me casting shade at Arrow. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> we also have, uh, let's see, from Riley uh, Y. Bolton, uh, Time Bomb episode. Hi, Bo and Bell. Just wanted to watch the episode and was really curious of a few things. For one thing, do you feel like Sherlock was out of line when revealing Nora's secret, especially when Nora had tried to earlier in the episode and was going uh, finally to speak up at the end of the episode before Sherlock stepped in? Another thing I heard was that this is a filler episode to lead into a big secret being spilled and curious as to your thoughts about that. Um, all right, this it's a couple of different things in this. So I'll, I'll pause on the email here and just say, um, yeah, no, Sherlock was definitely out of line, but I don't think that the outcome would have been different. Uh, had she gotten a chance to explain herself for reasons I've already mentioned, I think Barry would have probably taken the same type of precautions that he did. Um, but yeah, Sherlock was definitely out of line doing that. You think so? I do. I do. I think that she was in the process. She was even actively trying to explain and he was just cutting her off and kind of spilling all of her, her business. And yes, it's been his whole deal. So he wanted to do a little victory lap here, but yeah, that, that's his hubris. It was her secret to tell. Right. But she had all season to tell it. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I did not and feel like the episode. episode was filler. Well, yeah, yeah I, I didn't feel it was filler, but yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that rev- revelation was going to come at the beginning of the episode. So <laughs> Uh, also, she says, uh, also was Cisco totally doing a 180 character wise between the beginning of the season when he was fanboying all over the flash and XS team up, uh, to not wanting to have both worlds combined that he will be leaving the end at, um, uh, so far that he will be ending 
leaving at the end of the season? If so, do you think that will let us keep Nora? As much as we will miss Cisco, I feel Nora would be great to keep on. Another few tidbits I thought worth mentioning in season two, Joe told Barry that his grandkids would call him Papa. So I was happy to see Nora fulfill, uh, fulfill that while she was on the show. Also, what is Nora's middle name? I've never been uh, it's never been addressed on the show. So I was wondering what your speculation on that would be. Thanks for the great podcast. I can't wait to hear what y'all got to say about this episode. Sincerely, Riley. Well, Riley, great, uh, great episode. Wonderful questions in here. Um, I'm going to say Don. I think Don would be great for Nora's middle name for obvious reasons. That sounds right to me. Like I right in the way that I think I've heard it as Nora Don Allen. Yeah, I mean, like that—that that would that would just make sense on 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 a lot of Multiple levels. levels. So ho- yeah. hopefully that, um, yeah, great great notes here. Um, you know, as we've already mentioned, Cisco has done a one eighty, but it's been it hasn't been necessarily from the top of the season. It's just been it's been since Flashpoint. It, it's it's within his character, and as much as I want to like bash it and say it's not, the reality is is he's been on this path for quite some time, and so if it means that we're about to lose the character. So be it. Uh, I would love that to also mean that we could keep Nora. Nora is, I mean, I, I love all these characters, but by far Nora has been my favorite addition to the show. She is currently my second favorite character right after Eobard Thawne. And so, yeah, I would love to keep Nora. I would love to see her go on to become the new Kid Flash. Uh, I, I, I have campaigns for that. I will still campaign yeah. for that. Anybody, by the way, that does like fan art and is artistically inclined, uh, put together a Nora like in the Kid Flash gear. I, I would love to see that uh, so that we could kind of promote that out and try to get this going. Hashtag <laughs> Nora for Kid Flash or hashtag Nora Kid Flash. I don't know what the right phraseology is here, but I really want to see her stay on. And I want to see her... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, really kind of progress into taking the mantle. I think that'd be amazing. So yeah, that that's my thoughts on that. What, what do you think, Bell? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think it'd be cool, but we've talked about this before. I think Nora's going to either die uh, or return to the future. Um, the only way that she would stay around is if her future was destroyed or something like that, which would mean that the timeline where Barry and Iris have a kid doesn't exist anymore and she's stuck here. So that would be bad. Like we, we, you know, we want them to have kids. We don't want something to happen so that they can't. Uh, so I just, I feel like, I feel like she's in order for her think, to. Yeah. Oh, I go mean, ahead, go ahead. Well, like why would, why would she not return to her future? I, I do think that they're being like, we've already seen drastic changes to the timeline. And so I do think the idea that she's trapped in a paradox like so that she can't get back to her future in a similar fashion. Like maybe Eobard. Ooh, oh, Bell. What if Eobard deciphering the code of the timeline rewrote existence in some form or fashion so that changes to the timeline could occur without people being eradicated from said timeline? So that he is able to, I guess, regenerate himself or, or protect himself in some way. And also so that when changes occur to Nora's timeline so that she should be written out of existence. It just means she's trapped in the present rather than is destroyed. 
I mean, possibly. It's a cheat code. He creates a <laughs> cheat code for himself, and Nora gets that cheat code, and she uses it to maintain her existence. Or Barry, that oh, oh, or Barry main, uses that cheat code to maintain her existence. There's a lot of ways they could actually go with this. But I don't think Barry would do that unless Barry just I, to save his daughter. Yeah, he would. Barry, had, like, but how many times is he gonna like? teach these lessons not to do stuff and then completely go back and do them anyway all the time all the time have you read a flash comic yeah, all the time <laughs> every single time this is what he does so yeah well, no the, I'm, the I'm, difference the difference though is like yes to save his daughter from dying i think he might do something but like if it's if it's her time to go back to the future he's not going to intervene right there i would rewrite reality for my kids i mean like i just i i guarantee man i think i think there could be something there well, okay. Let me ask you this. All right. So, so let's just, let's say that for, hmm, there's a couple of different ways they could write it so that she's stuck back in time. I think that if they do the time travel or the timeline changing, it's possible that then we get back on a, a similar timeline where Barry and Iris now have twins and she's been erased from existence, but now she's there to like help raise her twins, right? Or raise her siblings. So she screws up so bad that she knocks her own timeline out of existence so she can't return to it. Uh, yeah, but, but then the, Barry and the Iris get pregnant at the end of the season yep. and they realize it's they're gonna twins, need more diapers. And they're gonna yeah. be like, uh <laughs> Exactly. And so now, you know, now she has these kind of pseudo timeline siblings. And uh and so that could be cool. Or she could, you know, she could I also like the idea of them going reboot with it, which we've made the reference before, where she is now raising a younger version of herself or helping raise a younger version of herself. No, that'd be weird. I think it'd be cool. Well, I I mean it, yeah, it'd be it'd be neat, but like it'd be weird if you were raising a younger version of yourself. I can't marry I can't go out with them. He's my ex-husband's doppelganger shark monster form <laughs> that's the show whatever i forgot the line but th- that's the show yeah that's yeah show. yeah well anyway great feedback overall and hey if you've got some feedback for us feel free to uh, send it into the show you can email us of course flash at potisteria.com which bell is about to tell you here in a second also you can go on itunes and write us a review it's a great way to help out the show uh, by heading over to itunes writing those reviews um, it lets people find the show more easily so as everybody's geeking out about the flash we can all geek out together you can also keep up with us on the twitters at flash tv talk or our personal accounts at ring that bell and at the real bo york but if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com that's p-o-d-a-s-t-e-r-y.com and for the latest and greatest plus live shows returning at facebook.com slash flash tv talk that's the place to do it again that's facebook.com slash flash tv talk And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides music for our show. You can check out the rest of his awesome music at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Shout out to tvtalk.fm. And don't forget that even though we are on hiatus for the next couple of weeks, Belle and I will be taken to the seas over at uh, twitch.com. I'm sorry, twitch.tv slash Captain Jorvik playing some Sea of Thieves. If you've got the game, uh, we'd love to join you. We'd love for you to join us. Uh, Come join our crew and tune in next week around this exact same time, which I believe is five o'clock-ish or something on Wednesday. You'll find out. We'll post it out on the social media. But until then, we'll be back in a flash.